Good morning, FCS football fans. Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. It is our Big South Conference pregame show. I am David Hassagan. To my left, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt, as always. Emery, good morning. Good morning, my man. What's going on with you? Uh, you know, just, you know, it's another week, another conference, you know, just rolling on through. We had to change the name of the show because people were getting in your mentions again. You gotta stop. You gotta stop messing up, people. Come on now. Well, people just have to understand when we say preview, and we're, we're previewing the entire conference all week. So what you hear today is not the final preview. It's just one piece of the pie, folks. This is this is college game day before it got big. Okay, this is that what today is. We got recruiting watch coming up. We got NFL prospect watch coming up this week for the Big South, the all conference team, and we will go full team by team my man emery will over the course of the week don't forget folks though you can follow all of the action on twitter at the fcs kickoff at fcs opening drive and at f ball game plan for my man emery we are on itunes and soundcloud so you can re-listen and try to find our mistakes every week we're not pti we don't have our own little correction segment we're on soundcloud itunes search football game plan in the podcast section Go to youtube.com slash football game plan for all your football game plan content and of course footballgameplan.com. Again, folks, this is the Big South Week, and this is our Big South Conference pregame show. And it's a small conference, but it's getting bigger, number one. And number two, there's some talent in this conference for being just six teams, Emory, and it, it's it's a changing landscape of the Big South. Yeah, it's it a is, changing man. Changing landscape. You, you you talked about you know what happened last year uh kennesaw monmouth charleston southern um all had winning records liberty which is now in the fbs had a winning record before uh in their last year in the fcs and in the big south conference so and then quite honestly presbyterian had some games that were winnable they were four and seven last year so they could have had a winning uh season if a couple of breaks went their way the only team that had a down year was gardner webb but we've seen Gardner-Webb have some success, uh, beat some FBS teams before. So we've seen them have success. So I think the Big South, where they were, was good. And where they're going, I think, is even better. Well, let's talk about that. The moving and shaking in the uh, Big South Conference. You talked about Liberty. They are moving up to the FBS level. Uh, they're starting their transition this year, so they will be an FBS independent. But uh, there is one team taking their place right away, and that is the Campbell Fighting Camels. They are moving from non-scholarship football in the Pioneer League. They are moving into the Big South. That'll start this season. Uh, North Alabama and Hampton, they will be moving into the conference over the next couple of years. They are independents this year, but we will cover them as well tonight, uh, this morning, excuse me, folks, on uh, the show. And then Presbyterian, they are starting to transition out of scholarship football, and they will be leaving after the 2019 season to move to non-scholarship football, I believe, in the Pioneer League. Um, but let's start with Campbell. This is a team that, at the beginning of last year, about the midway point, they were looking like they were going to be champions of the Pioneer League. They fell off a little bit at the end, lost some games they really shouldn't have. But you've talked to some sources, and this team has set themselves up very nicely to uh, start their football career in the Big South. They could hit the ground running literally uh, because of what they did last year. When you when we do these previews, and like you mentioned, we talked about the recruiting. We talked about what's coming down the pipe. We always like to take a look ahead um, and see what, what's in the pipeline. And last year when we were doing the Pioneer, it was like, wait a minute. This recruiting class is phenomenal. And it, they did a great thing. 
They were they redshirted virtually all those guys mm-hmm. in preparation for this season. So not only do you have redshirt freshmen with four years left of eligibility, you got guys that are now acclimated to college football speed, uh, nutrition, the the social life as far as like going to class and mm-hmm. also going to practice. So that's not going to be an issue now, along with the fact that they have a talented team returning. Yes, exactly. This is a really good football team. Uh, we talked you just mentioned it about how they were last year in the Pioneer. A lot of those guys are back. Aaron Blackman, the receiver, Emmanuel Olinga, the outstanding former North Carolina State transfer. That's a defensive end. He's a junior, but he's one of the best pro prospects in this this conference now at 6'4, 260 defensive mm-hmm. end. So and they're being coached by Mike Minter, former Carolina Panther, former NFL, you know, pro bowler. So and he's done a great job since he's been there. So when you look at all of those things around this program, man, you got to be excited about them coming into the Big South. Exactly. And you talk about how good this team really was this past year. Again, I, as a, the Pioneer League correspondent, I saw that firsthand. The number of times I had to say, look out for Campbell, I, I lost count. I mean, obviously they fell off at the end. San Diego kind of took over. Um, I think part of that was probably, okay, let's look forward to, you know, bigger and better things. But this team could be scary. There could be a big shift in the balance of power in the Big South. If not this season, the next couple of years, watch out for Campbell. Let's talk, though, about the other two teams that are on their way in. Not just not in just yet. They're independents this year. But you've got Hampton moving over from the MEAC, which, I mean, and that whole situation is just crazy bananas we'll get into that in just a second but north alabama is a team you're very excited to see move up to the fcs to division one level tell us why first of all they've been a division two powerhouse for a long time they are like the valdosta states uh you know of the world um for the last five years they've won the conference title right and you know you look at another division two powerhouse in northwest mississippi and uh, northwest missouri uh, the bearcats so when you talk about Division Two Blue Blood programs, you're talking about North Alabama. Funny story, uh, before we got on air, like I said, before I was when I was getting recruited um, by University of Louisiana, I remember, you know, getting the, the you know the, the letters and the media guide. I'm, and I'm this was 1997. Yeah, I'm like, man, my God, this team just lost to Division Two team at home, <laughs> and that team was North Alabama with, with linebacker Ronald McKenna, who went on to a, a phenomenal career with the Cardinals. Uh, played a long time, double-digit seasons. But North Alabama has always been this good because they are able to recruit in the South. We know how talented the state of Alabama is as far as football, uh, high school football is concerned. You think about, and this is the tell-all sign, when you think about how, you know, let's say, for instance, you look at New Jersey, where we're located, mm-hmm. and you talk about how good Jersey high school football is, but then you look yep. at the state school, and you, oh, oh, Rutgers is, is not that good because kids leave, right? Yep. Uh, but imagine Alabama. You know, by talent rich of the uh, of the high school football, it is down there. Um, you know, teams come and try to pill for talent from the state. Uh-uh. But FBS, Auburn and Alabama are good. UAB coming back second was, year back and made to a bowl last year. Right. Um, you look at the FCS programs. Uh, Alabama State has always been competitive. They've been good. Um, A&M. A&M is, is, you know, up and down. Division two. Tuskegee is one of the best in Division two. Yep. Uh, so, you know, even the, the uh, I want to say the NAIA programs are real good in Alabama as well. So there's, there's talent throughout the state. 
So North Alabama has always been the direct beneficiary of of having, you know, the ability to recruit and get good guys in. And the way they set up this schedule, I think you're going to learn a lot about them right away. They open up against Southern Utah. That's going to be a really good game. Well, they open up with three pretty ridiculous away games. The, the way they've done it this year, folks, is they are playing all the D1 teams on the road, and they're playing the remaining D2 opponents at home this season. Right. So, I mean, if you just you want to talk about a baptism by fire, it's the North Alabama Lions because you start at Southern Utah at altitude in the big sky. Then you go at Alabama A&M, in-state rivalry game. Recruiting ties. That, that's going to be a huge – got to win that game to get recruits. And then they go to the Fargo Dome. Their third game of the year in D1. Welcome to the division. You're playing the Bison. Um, so it's going to be really difficult. But you look at their other away games. They're at Campbell, the new boys on the block. Right. At Jackson State. You've said that's a winnable game. And at Incarnate Word, which, again, they've had some coaching shifts over there. They're going to a more offensive-minded coach. How is that game going to play? But their home games, Azusa Pacific, West Florida, Mississippi College, Shorter, and North Greenville. They should win all five of those games. I like Mississippi College. Uh, keep an eye on them. And West Florida just won a, uh, just runner-up to Division II National Champion. You know, right. And they're, they're a young football program. Right. Coach Shinnick has done a great job down there in uh, Pensacola. So – even their Division Two games, Mississippi College is going to be a tough game. West Florida is going to be a tough game. Uh, North Greenville is usually a good team. You know, it, it's this is a tough schedule for North Alabama. I like it, though. Well, I mean, I can hear the Twitterverse going off. How can you tell how good they are? They're playing the same opponents they've always played, and they're playing some eh D1 opponents. If they beat, I mean... North Dakota State is going to be almost impossible for them to win. I Can think. we save that for your hot take? I know. You, are you going to pick North Alabama? I've made that mistake once. Never again. <laughs> Southern Utah away, I think, is going to be difficult. The other four home games, they're really not big name programs. So how much I can hear like this is going to be something that's going to get into your mentions. So I'm going to cover it now. How are we going to actually tell how good this team is when they're facing teams that are subpar at the FCS level? You still got to win them. I'll take you back um, a few years ago when South Alabama first jumped onto the scene with their football program. I think the first year they went 5-0. and mm-hmm. um, They played like a JV schedule. Um, and then they were undefeated the second year. You know, they played a, a mix of uh, JUCO, high school, not high school, JUCO, uh, D3, um, mm-hmm. some NAIA, and then they finally got their feet wet. So you, 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 have, you still have to win. Um, and it's hard to win games. So you really got to they can't sleep on again. West Florida is probably looking to go back to the title game. Mm-hmm. Um, Mississippi College has the benefit of of now moving up to back to scholarship football. Uh, they were a Division three program for a long time, okay. but prior to that, they were a Division two power. Right uh, back when they had Fred McAfee, uh, former running back of the New hmm. Orleans Saints, special teamer. I'm a wealth of college football information over here, man. You are encyclopedia exactly of knowledge. Of See, knowledge. that's where I'm going with it, and so. Uh, Short is, is breaking the new coach, and, and North Greenville, like I said before, has always been, been a really good team. So this is a challenge. You know, you still got to win. You can't think because you're D1 you're going to go out there and teams are going to lay flat. True. Now you're the, the, the circle uh, program on the schedule. The teams are going to go and say, we got to make sure we win that game. And let's talk about the other new boys that are coming onto the scene. Um, obviously not this year. I don't think next year either. I think they're coming in in 2020, and that is Hampton. Uh, moving over from the MEAC. We'll talk about their schedule in a bit, but what does Hampton bring 
Um, obviously, a Blue Blood MEAC program, one of the traditional powers um, amongst the um, HBCUs. What does Hampton bring to the Big South? One, they bring a good recruiting base. Mm. You know, that Hampton, Virginia area. You know, now that's th- a hotbed. That's a hotbed. And that's where this is where a lot of people don't understand the power dynamics and shifts in college football. For instance, when people wonder what the hell happened to Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. When Nebraska was winning championships. And Nebraska was, you knew getting off the bus, you were already down 35 nothing. Colorado, same way back in the 90s. Bingo. Like, so, and, and they were in the Big Eight Conference. Right. And then when you expand to the Big 12, and now you invite, Texas, Texas A&M, you are also inviting Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma to go and recruit in those areas. So, and, and TV too. So now when kids, you could hang that, dangle that carrot like, hey, we are at Nebraska, we play on TV. You see us yeah. every weekend on ABC, but now in the big conference and now the TV deals work out, you're going to see, you know, now if you're a kid from Texas, why would I go to Nebraska when I can go to Texas or Texas A&M um, and, and still get seen right and so you you know that's going to happen uh so now you invite you know teams to come and recruit in your area so when you used to have a fence around your state right you don't anymore so we're going to learn a lot about the new head coach robert uh, prunty and, and how he does with recruiting and building that fence around the 757 area code in hampton roads and that, that hampton area and keeping that good local talent i was on the i did the high school broadcast for um uh, the Virginia State Championship game this past December, and Oscar Smith High School, which is in Hampton, Virginia, phenomenal talent. Like some of right. the best high school talent I've seen um, on a football team, top to bottom. So they're going to always have teams like that, and I think that's the number one thing they're bringing in. Second, they're bringing in uh, just a good football team. This team has, like you said, has been a blue blood team, so they're going to always be able to recruit. Right, they can recruit outside their state. Um, Hampton is a really good academic institution true um so they're going to get some of the best of the best and now they're going to be able to be able to con, con, uh, contend for the playoffs which is something they truly wanted they want to grow the brand um and not just be relegated to the celebration but which is phenomenal by the way but they want to grow the brand which means they probably have some boosters or some people that's going to pump even more money into the program to expand that brand now the hbcu brand is already a national brand Right. Um, so, but Hampton brings a lot in there. Uh, bring a brings a lot to the table. And if they could kick off this thing and start winning on a consistent basis, just adds to the to the strength of the Big South. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on. Let's, let's take a step back. Let's take a look at the last year in the Big South uh, before we move forward to 2018. And last year really was a two horse race. Uh, Charleston Southern, who had won the previous two Big South titles, kind of fell off a little bit. Not a ton, but enough to where they weren't really a factor. But it came down to two really, really big seasons by Monmouth and Kennesaw State. Um, both teams you know, were coming into the final weekend undefeated in the conference. Monmouth and Kennesaw both looking at nine win years. Kennesaw obviously took the title. They finished nationally ranked. They finished uh, eighth overall in the FCS Stats poll. Made a big run in the playoffs, but really was a very fun year to watch in the Big South, uh, despite only being only having six teams. Yeah, I mean, we saw Monmouth make that run, and we talked about this every week on 
Yep. Uh, the show, like, you know, how good Mammoth is. And, you know, remember we were getting a lot of flack where people were saying how you have these guys ranked so high. Because they're good. They're good, man. <laughs> Kenji Bahar, I, I talked about him probably every week, the quarterback. Right. Uh, but when you look at, you know, Mammoth this year, they're still going to be a good team. They got another good uh, pro prospect in Reggie White Jr., the receiver, 6'3", 209. Outstanding wide out, you know. Yep. So, um, first of all, shout out to the Mammoth Big Three, right? Yes. It, it has nothing to do with the football players. It's yeah. the three people that deal with the program that, you know, that, that are yes. phenomenal people. Eddie Okapendi, um, Greg Viscomi, and Susie Milano. All three are phenomenal people, and they are hilarious. Now, I'm, I'm saying that because I worked with them on the broadcast. Last year I was on the Bucknell Mammoth radio right. broadcast. Uh, Eddie O is great. Greg V is, is outstanding, and and Susie does a great job, you know, as a sideline. Also, digital report they they cover all the sports. Right. So anytime you see Mammoth Athletics, you're going to see them three. Um, so that's a big reason why they have success. Also, they have one of the best coaches in the FCS, and and Coach Callahan, um, who has been there since the start of the program, right. and has been consistent. So I am not surprised at their success. Coach Callahan is an outstanding coach. And really, last year you talk about the the offensive powers of both Kennesaw and Monmouth. It really came down to the quarterback play and two totally different styles of quarterback play. You had Kenji Bahar for Monmouth, who had another pretty good season, was not great with ball security, had 13 interceptions along with 16 touchdowns, still threw for 2,300 yards. And then Chandler Burks, who's the dual threat from Kennesaw State, who I I think he was pretty close. I think he barely threw for more than he ran. He had 1,300 yards passing, um, and he ended up with, okay, never mind, yeah, 1,100 yards rushing. So a complete threat, uh, Chandler Burks. He's going into his senior season this year. um, While you look at Monmouth, Bahar's going into his junior season. So, obviously, Chandler Burks wants to go out on another high note. Monmouth is still young and still growing. You look at their top running back last year, Pete Guerrero, only a freshman, ran for over 1,000 yards. What? I mean, this is going to be a really good duel, and it was a great duel to watch last season between these two. Yeah, and the thing is, when Monmouth was winning, they wasn't turning the ball over. And those, mm-hmm. those turnovers for Bahar, I want to say, like, how many intercepts he threw? He had 13 last season. 15 of them came in that playoff game. Remember, he just kept throwing picks. <laughs> he threw two extras. So, you know, so they <laughs> just kept coming in that playoff <laughs> game. It's like, yo, what is this dude doing? But, nah, they're, they're, they'll be good again. Charleston Southern should be back in the mix again. Um, option football always gives you a chance. And this is this is the, you know, second year for Coach Tucker. And, you know, his system in place and, and his athletes down there. Now that you got to retool some some. You know, in certain areas, they lose Anthony Ellis, who's one of the uh, all-time best at the position. He was an edge rusher. Recovered him. I had him on a broadcast down at uh, the. I've been on a lot of broadcasts, man. You got too many broadcasts. Got too many broadcasts I, down at the the. Uh, You're popular. I get. I. I. Hey, hey, listen. Hey, Big South schools and Big South conference. If you're looking for a color commentator. I'm your guy. So I had Anthony Ellis down at the... Uh, if you need a play-by-play guy, I'm your guy, too. Hey, we, we're, we're open. We're free agents <laughs> for now. Um, he was at the Tropical Bowl All-Star Game. Right. And, and so they, they have to replace some things, but I think Charleston Southern still has enough left in the um, in the reservoir to be a, a really good team in the mix this year. Now, remember, last year, this was, what, a two-bid league yeah. for the playoffs. Out of six teams. Out of six teams. Could we see three? I might save that for a hot take. That might be a hot take. That's definitely a hot take. That's not a fire take. I can tell you that. No, it's not a fire. <laughs> let's talk about let, let's talk about this Kennesaw State team and the rise of this program. Because remember, 
this is only the we're going into the fourth year of Kennesaw State Owls football, a school that has really always been exclusively known as a baseball powerhouse in college sports. They are making a big name for themselves um, in terms of what they're able to accomplish on the football field. They made a deep run into the playoffs last year before they finally hit a brick wall. This Kennesaw State team, is this unprecedented in Division One to see a team go from nothing to this high in those three seasons? The same case I made for North Alabama, I can make for Kennesaw State. Mm-hmm. The high school talent allows you to be better quicker than Georgia. In, very underrated. Very underrated. Georgia and Jersey, I think, are, the, are two of the are similar as far as like high school talents, right? right. Um, Georgia, you know, obviously is a little bit more uh, because of uh, you know the population down there, and again, Georgia, Georgia State. Georgia Tech, good FBS programs, all in bowl games, right? Except yep. Georgia Tech last year, but Georgia Tech is a real – I think they were. But Georgia Tech, Georgia State, and Georgia, good FBS. Uh, Mercer, really good FCS program. That has been consistently good. You know, you talk about the other FCS programs. We're talking about Kennesaw State. Um, you look at some of the Division Two programs. Savannah. Savannah Sa- State, too. Savannah State is going to be dropping down to D2 right. um, in, a, in a couple of years. But uh, – West Georgia right. is a perennial playoff power. Um, Valdosta State, perennial playoff power. Fort Valley State is a really good Division II HBCU. Right. So, you know, Kennesaw State jumped into a, a really good talent pool and just got up to speed. But you have to give them credit for recruiting. That's uh, Brian Bohannon, the head coach, and what he's been able to do. And their athletic director, Milton Overton, with the vision. Like, you know what, man? We're going to continue to grow this program, and we're going to continue to, to build this thing. Um, so when you have buy-in from the administration right, uh, with their facilities, which are excellent, uh, the coaching staff is, is in place, you get a nice abundance of talent at your disposal. And when you're a new program, you get to recruit and also redshirt your entire team. Mm-hmm. So – you have guys that have grown together over the last three to four years. Yes. So you have a senior-laden team. Now you're also adding in a new wave of freshmen and sophomores. So the program is heading and is being built properly, and they are going to be you know up, around for a long time. And you talk about Brian Bohannon. I think that was the best thing that Kennesaw State could have done was hire Coach Bohannon to be their top guy. Born in Georgia, played his college ball at the University of Georgia. He's coached at West Georgia, he coached at Gardner-Webb, he coached at Georgia Southern, he coached at Georgia Tech. He's been in this state basically his entire life. He knows what it takes to get kids to come to your school and what needs to be done. And you talk about, oh, let's redshirt some people. One of the gems he found last year did not need to be redshirted, and that was Bryson Armstrong, the Jerry Rice Award winner at linebacker. What a phenom this kid turned out to be. 114 tackles as a freshman, played all 14 games for Kennesaw. Where did he come from, and how in the world, if you're the University of Georgia, you're looking at your rec- at your recruiter guys right now and saying, how did you let him get away? What an incredible job season this kid had. Man, even if you're Georgia Southern, you're wondering how he got away. <laughs> Georgia Tech. Man, know, everybody's like, so, you know, I, I, but again, recruiting is one part, developing is the other. And so to get on the field as a freshman is hard, to, to be – dominant as a freshman is even harder 
So credit to him for the work he put in, credit for the coaching staff to the coaching staff for getting him prepared to play. But you're right, this guy was all over the field, making tackle after tackle. Um and, and a defense that, you know, is it's kind of undersized in within the front yep. seven. He's only what, two hundred pounds. Uh so they, they they had a really good uh corner in Dante Blackman, I want to say a year ago. Yeah. And he was an excellent uh ball hawk. So they know how to find them. They're gonna get guys that, that can come in and play. And I mean, I'm in- interested to see uh, what he can do in year two. You know, now that he'll be the focal point sophomore of sophomore curse, uh, sophomore curse, because they are losing another senior linebacker in Izzy Sam, who also true. played all 14 games, had 84 tackles in his own right. So there was kind of a dual threat there. We'll see who they pair Especially up with Armstrong now, since you know he's going to be the focal point of teams' offensive game plans. Gonna, oh, we got to make sure stay away from him. Stay. Oh, we got a key on him to put him in a situation where he can't be successful. So. It's all about growth. That's why I'm excited yeah. to see what he can do as a sophomore. It was like when Dwight Freeney was with the Colts. And, you know, it's like, okay, he's on the right side. Run the other way. Right. Oh, wait, he shifted to the left. Crap. The other way. Go, right. go, go. Just stay away from when he was in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, this is a Kennesaw State team. This, this is a team. It's a conference, really, that relies a lot on running the ball. You don't see a lot of, you know, quarterbacks that are throwing for a ton of yards. This isn't the big sky. This isn't the SoCon. You know, this isn't the Southland. Um, it's a lot more on the running offense and a balanced attack. Um, so as a linebacker, you thrive on that sort of thing. And as a running back, I'm sure you dread it a little bit right. because everybody knows. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kennesaw. Um, let's move on. Before we take a break, we'll cover one more topic here. And we talked a little bit about Hampton. And they are moving in in two years to the Big South. But this has become such a drama. You might as well put it on on CBS or Fox and make it a comedy show because the relationship that has now broken down between the MEAC conference and Hampton has led to one of the most bizarre schedules I think we've ever seen in division one. And I don't know how much insight you can give to, you know, our listeners on what has gone on down in Virginia, but it's been bizarre. Yeah, it's like the petty Olympics, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like who can be more petty than, a, than, a, than the next person. Right. Yeah. But yeah. All of that said, Hampton had to leave the MEAC, right? And normally when teams decide to join another conference, it takes a year transition, so they would have played this year like North Dakota. Right. They would play a Big Sky schedule, although it wouldn't count uh, for the Big Sky title. Right. But they would still have that familiarity with the teams and play those play those games because those schedules are already made years in advance, right? Right. Not this situation. MEAC nope. was like, you ain't got to go, but you got to get the hell up out of here, right? <laughs> And so they kicked them out. Now they had to scramble to make a schedule. There's no MEAC teams on the schedule. So we don't get some of the the traditional. I was excited to see Hampton versus Florida A&M. That was going to be a really good game. We don't have that. But what we do have is Hampton put together a schedule, which was announced, uh, I want to say, two weeks ago, (laughs) finalized two weeks ago, where they were able to – scrounge up some some opponents traveling far and wide far across and the wide. country and they had they have now they have a unique schedule where they're playing uh five different subdivisions <laughs> so they kick off division two shaw shaw is a really good team i like coach jones uh adrian jones he's an outstanding coach he's a uh he played at north carolina central coaches at shaw schools about like five miles apart something like that right so that whole i-40 corridor in north carolina but shaw has some talent so they play Shaw, Division Two. They play Monmouth, 
big away. South. That's a that's that could be an interesting game. Good a good test. They should have won last year, actually. Exactly, uh, Monmouth won in overtime. Won in overtime, so that should be an interesting test to see how good they still are. They, right going forward, Tennessee State. It's a really good team in the OVC. Interesting transfer State University. Um, <laughs> so they got they they get a bunch of transfers in. They put them right in the mix. Right. Um, but shout out to Tennessee State. You know, coach. coach uh, Rod Reed does a great job down right. there because uh, you can get transfers, but you still have to coach him up. Right, and he does. He does. Um, so that's two FCS opponents right there. Right. Then you got to go to Northern Iowa. Tough place. To Funny play. how Northern Iowa was able to clear some space. Like, yes, we can play this team. Yeah, come in. <laughs> we have to make sure we make the playoffs somehow again. Come on through. <laughs> we got a lot of space at the dome. At the dome, right? So they got Northern. That's three tough games back to back. Honestly, Monmouth, Tennessee State, Northern Iowa. Make it four because their next one's home with Charleston Southern. Four straight tough games. <laughs> then you got Lane. I believe Lane is Division Two. So that's so you got two Division Twos. You got a, you got four FCS, right? Presbyterian okay. FCS. Yeah. Virginia Lynchburg is, I think, in the like the Christian Bible Conference, something like that. So something like it's that. It's a weird. Yeah. So that's the that's Shenandoah the third Valley. Yeah. That's the third different um, uh, subdivision because I think there's only like maybe. Four Four or five schools in this Bible subdivision. Yeah, these next these next three games are the last three of the schedule. This is where it gets fun because they travel to SUNY Maritime. SUNY Maritime, and they are the away team. <laughs> what is happening? SUNY here? Maritime number one is a Division three program, and <laughs> not a good one. Like, not no, a good they, one. They were good because again, I was on the broadcast for uh, the ECAC. Okay, rub it in, <laughs> rub it in. So they were good two years ago. I think they were good last year. They were actually in the ECAC bowl game. I didn't I, have that I game. Mean, no. I mean, when your team, when your own D3 team is undefeated, no other team looks that good. Springfield, all right, move on. <laughs> so then they got to travel to the Bronx, right? Right. And uh, I think Kings Point and play SUNY Maritime. That's unheard of. A FCS school traveling to a Division three school. Why? <laughs> It's not even Mount Union. No, or or Wisconsin Whitewater. Right, exactly. Like they had better things to do. Jeez, that's how bad Hampton is falling now. Man, they had to, but again, they had to find. Then they traveled to Mississippi Valley State FCS team. Here's the thing with Delta with, Devils. Great nickname. Have you ever been to Itabina? It sounds just like their name. <laughs> it is so small. Like so, they traveled to Mississippi Valley. And they get St. Andrews, who's in... Saint, are they going to the UK now? Are they playing golf? Is that what this is? Oh, my God. They're an NAIA team that just started their football program. I want to see maybe what? NAIA. So, there's your five. NAIA. Division two Bible College, Bible uh, Christian College ranks. D3. D3, FCS, NAIA. Five. Wow. Miak. Uh, I mean, I, I get you wanted to make a point, but... Whoa! <laughs> you you went a little. You went from making sure the guy that you don't want at your party leaves the party to throwing him out and then beating the crap out of him once he's outside the door. Right? Because you <laughs> like, you know how these things are, man. It's cyclical where you might have a team that is in the conference, leave the conference, come back. We just saw it with Idaho. Yeah, you know, and there was no problem. No they, problem. Not even a transition. They're like, okay, come on in. Hampton, you're good. Has a better chance of going to the SEC <laughs> than going back to the MIAC. That's how bad this thing was. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, this is—it's turned to bad blood at this point. We've gone Taylor Swift. That's how bad it's gotten. We've gone Taylor Swift. Um, you never but, go full Taylor Swift. No, 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 only only a half Taylor Swift. Only a half Taylor Swift. <laughs> but I mean, what? I mean, obviously, Hampton. You would expect them to 
beat at least you know these five opponents that are non FCS. Yeah. This is this is a team that could probably put up seven to eight wins Cause quietly because Presbyterian is a winnable game. Mississippi Valley State is probably a winnable game, and then that is a winnable game. It, it, all right, it is a winnable game. Monmouth will be tough. Tennessee State will be tough. You and I on the road will be tough. Charleston Southern will be tough. So you're looking, you're probably looking at a seven win season for Hampton as an independent. So unfortunately, they would have to go undefeated to get to the playoffs because they yeah. they're going to need those four Division One wins, those five Division One wins against Valley. Charleston Southern, Northern Iowa, Tennessee State, and Monmouth. They're going to need all – and Presbyterian, six. So they're going to need all six of their Division One wins yeah. to, to make the playoffs, in addition to winning the five uh, games from Division Two to Division Three to NAIA. It just makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. And it's, it's a bit of a shame, too, because, again, this is a traditional power in the HBCUs between the SWAC and the MEAC. Hampton is always one of these teams. You know, you had the big rivalry with Howard every year. You know, you had them – Always in cont- almost it seems like always in contention for these titles, and now they're just kind of thrown out on the street. They're kind of orphans. What if they do go undefeated? If they go undefeated, the ultimate, the ultimate insane. Just the first month, we're gonna, it, it, the first month tells <laughs> the whole story because if they from September eighth to September 29th, if they run the table, then they are going undefeated. I mean, this would be the first time we've seen, you know, a, a governing body root against a team to lose since yesterday when the NBA really wanted Houston to lose the Golden State <laughs> got into the final. It, it, it may not be as unique as I might think, but it, I think this is going to be one of those times where the conference is going to be watching Hampton say, lose. But at some lose. point, if you're the it's Houston so Rockets, petty. you got to stop shooting threes. <laughs> Seven for, for 50? Stop shooting threes. It's so petty, though. This has gotten ridiculous. Hampton, we feel for you. We feel for your players, your fan base. But we also know how good you're going to be and how great of an addition you will be to the Big South. They got South. some talent, man. The MEAX loss will be the Big South game. That, that's all I'm going to say with that point. So, Hampton, hang in there. It's going to be a weird year. The Bronx is lovely. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Head it out. I mean, and again, St. Andrews. First of all, credit to St. Andrews for getting this team on your schedule, but wow, you're in for a beating, especially on the last game of the year. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will go team by team. We'll give a quick one-line take. Again, this is not the full preview. That's coming up later in the week. we got a whole week dedicated to the Big South. we got recruiting watch, NFL prospect watch. We'll have the all-conference team, and Emory will have a full, full team by team whip around. So... If we don't go into as much detail as you would like, that's why you got to continue to watch. That's why you got to continue to listen because we will get there. We will give you a full preview. Emery will go on and not make any picks of who he's going to win. Think he's going to win the conference again? <laughs> That'll he'll leave that to me so I can look like an idiot. You, you realize Trevor Ariza went over twelve last night and had and there zero he is, points. folks, avoiding the question <laughs> completely and utterly. How you miss all your shots? Avoiding the question, um, but we will. Take a look at team by team. We'll give a quick preview. We'll look at our games to watch. we got several we're looking for. Despite it being a six-team conference, there's some interesting, perhaps some intriguing matchups. Very intriguing matchups. Intriguing matchups in the Big South. And then we will have our hot takes or fire takes or lukewarm takes, whatever we decide to bring out. We'll have some takes on the Big South. That's all I'm going to say. We'll have all of that when we come back on the FCS Opening Drive podcast presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We'll be right back. 
So you've been thinking about changing careers. Well, now's the perfect time to check out Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Almost everything you hear on the radio, everything you see on television and on the internet was made by a creative team of audio and video professionals. Producers, camera operators, sound designers, these are the people who work behind the scenes to make it happen. Connecticut School of Broadcasting can help you switch from your current career path to the more exciting world of audio and video production. We've placed thousands since 1964. Visit GoCSB.com, call 1-800-TV-RADIO, and come in for a studio tour. It's your chance to test drive the same equipment that's used in real radio and television studios, talk to the instructors, and meet other people who share your excitement about the radio and television industry. Listen, if you're ready for a career change, if you like the idea of working behind the scenes, come in and see what a career in broadcasting is like and see if it's right for you. Connecticut School of Broadcasting has nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Call 1-800-TV-RADIO or visit GoCSB.com. Welcome back, folks, to the FCS Opening Drive podcast presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Again, folks, if you want to listen to any of our previous podcasts, you can search us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. Subscribe while you're over there. Give us a five-star rating. Don't forget to go to YouTube.com slash Football Game Plan for all your Football Game Plan content as well as FootballGamePlan.com. And we are on Twitter at the FCS Kickoff, at FCS Opening Drive, and at FBall Game Plan for my man Emery. Emery, let's get into the team-by-team breakdowns here for the Big South Conference. And we're gonna, we will cover the two independent schools as well in this segment, folks. We will cover Hampton and North Alabama. Uh, that will take care of all the independent teams as well since we did North Dakota last week. But let's start with the new boys on the block, Campbell. They're in. They're in full eligibility for the conference title this year. They're bringing in a lot of talent out of the Pioneer League, moving from non-scholarship to scholarship football. That is a big transition. What do you expect out of the Campbell Camels? Big things. I, I think they're going to be good this year, man. And we talked about their defense, Emmanuel Linga. A uh, big fan of his game and watching him out there dominate. They've had some real good D linemen over the last three seasons. Uh, uh, one had I forgot I forgot his name, but he was a defensive lineman up here for the Giants for the training camp. Did well. Um, I forgot where he ended up going. They also had another defensive end uh, that that had a, a couple calls in the NFL. So they've gotten NFL talent. And I'm looking at that September 8th game against Georgetown in DC. That may be a game where yours truly will be on the broadcast. Interesting. And I will say this about Campbell. I think they have the talent to make a stand, but they're going to have a very, very tough away schedule. You talk about the Georgetown game. They're also away at Coastal Carolina from the FBS, and they have both Monmouth and Kennesaw away in their first year. Shout out to Shaw, though. Shaw, Shaw's on a lot of schedules. You know, this is- Shaw just they, – they, I don't know when they're making the transition. Shaw up. got 30 games this year, I, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a basketball schedule. We're looking at the basketball schedule. Um, but I think Campbell, I mean, again, I've, I've covered them for the past season. They have the talent to, if not, I don't think they're going to necess- win the conference necessarily their first year. They're going to give people headaches. Quarterback is going to be the question mark for them. Big question mark. Big, big question mark. Let's move to Charleston Southern. Again, the normal power in this division they won the previous two Big South titles. All of a sudden, they got passed by not one, by two teams, not to mention Liberty. Um, what do the Buccaneers have to do to get back on top? I think their offense has to get back in sync. I think, quite honestly, despite losing uh, Ellison and um, you know some other key defensive players, I think they're going to be real good defensively. 
Yeah. I think they still yep. would be a very good defensive team that could turn the ball over, and they also have really good special teams. So, um, like we mentioned in the Big Sky with, with Weber State, you can win games with defensive special teams until your offense finds its sea legs, and I think that's going to be the biggest key for them. They have a, a freshman that had a good year in his own right at defensive back, uh, Dimitri Royer, who had a very good season last year. Only played in nine games, but he had seven, seven, 77 tackles. So he's right up there. Uh, they certainly have a lot of pieces coming back, especially in the secondary, right. um, which I think, again, in a conference where it's more balanced offense, it's not as big of a plus, but it certainly helps. Um, I think you look at Charleston Southern. By the way, they are also playing Virginia Lynchburg. So where, where is this coming from? Another team that has 30 games on <laughs> schedule. Where is this coming from? But um, interesting games to start the year. They got Florida, which, again, will be tough. But Citadel and Elon. Good test to see, again, where you are. Elon, the surprise team out of the CAA, will cover them next week. It's CAA week next week. I know everybody will want to watch that one big, because it's the CAA. Big dogs. Big dogs. But um, it, it, you got five confer- all five conference opponents in the second half of the schedule for Charleston Southern. But that was first five games, at least the first four of the first five, it's going to tell us a lot about where Charleston Southern is as a program and how far they've come back this season let's move on to the bottom feeders uh from last year gardner webb the running bulldogs you know i love me some option football but this team was not good last year they just were not that good had one win overall does gardner webb get back at all in this season i think so um i you know last year i thought they were going to be defensive led and their quarterback in in, uh maxwell uh i thought he was going to have a really good season because he can run, he protects the ball, and I thought they were going to keep games close to the vest. I thought they were going to have a season like Presbyterian, you know, four and seven with a couple of winnable games to maybe go six and five. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom completely fell out, and they got to replace a lot of key defenders. So I worry about this team defensively more so than uh, what they can put together offensively. So I think this will be another step toward rebuilding uh, for the yep. Garden Web Bulldogs. But – Again, a team that seems to always find good linebackers, good D linemen, uh, good offensive linemen, good tight ends. So they will have pieces in place to be competitive. How competitive will be the biggest question? Yeah, obviously Maxwell leaving, is that's a big loss. Yeah, that's a big loss. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they go for a replacement for him. You had Brody Rollins, the junior, who stepped in uh, in 11 games this past season. Didn't get that much time. But he did get time, so we'll see if he becomes the full-time starter. There's just so many holes, I think, that still need to be filled with this Gardner-Webb team. I don't know if that's just, you know, recruitment just didn't go their way the last couple years, but they're down. Um, You look at their schedule, too. They start off with – they got Limestone College to start. They better win that game because after that they're at A&T. Then they got Western Carolina, Appalachian State, and Wofford. It's not going to be easy for Gardner Webb, and I think bottom of the bottom of the conference is probably where they're going to end up uh, again this season. Let's move to Hampton again. Independent this year, they will be independent next year because the Miac apparently is petty with these things. But Hampton, we talked about their schedule. What can we expect out of the Pirates? Is it going to be hard for the coaching staff to keep this team motivated? Do you think playing teams that are NAIA and D three? How do you keep a team motivated? Well, you. You only have that's the unique part about football. You only have a finite amount of games that you can, you know, you practice more right. than you play, right? So I think that's the biggest key. Uh, and so you're going to always be motivated because you want to get out there and win. And, you know, each game is a chance to show yourself that, hey, I can play this game. I'm, I'm a college football player, a Division One college football player. I can get out there and compete, and we're going to win every game. I think that's going to be the mindset. So they do have a chance. Um, and to be honest, this team isn't 
bad at all. They got a lot of good players returning. Um, their running game should be fine. Defensively, they got they got great defensive linemen. Um, they're going to replace some some key guys at linebacker. Um, but there's enough at linebacker, by the way, and also in the secondary and also on the offensive line. Hampton may be better than a lot of people think. And I, I think we're going to learn a lot about Hampton, about where they are in the hierarchy with the three games against their future conference opponents this year, Monmouth, Charleston Southern, and Presbyterian. If they take two out of three of those games, or even all three, which they could possibly do, I think we're going to see you know people get worried about Hampton. I think they could win all three of those conference games. Um, as we said, they almost beat Monmouth last year. Let's move on to the defending Big South champions. That is Kennesaw State. Again, they finished last year number eight in the FCS stats poll, made it to the FCS quarterfinals. Shocked the hell out of a lot of people that this team was going to be this good. We kind of knew it from about week six on that this team was really going to be good. Can Kennesaw State follow up a 12-2 and two season with anything close to that? Yeah, they can. It, uh, look at all the returning players they have. Yeah, And they run a version of the option that's very, very tough to defend. Plus, defensively, they turn the ball over. And people say, well, you can't predict turnovers. But there's something to be said for teams that have a knack of always turning the ball over. So, um, yes, and now they have what's always key in sports, confidence. Yes. Now they go from hoping to win to expecting to win to now we will win. So I like that. And I, yeah. I think all of that is pushing them in the right direction. And you look at their their schedule, um, you know, a team that, that's coming in trying to you know, make make some hay. And so we, we got a chance, and I say we in, in terms of uh, the program, you know, a big chance to come in and make a statement. And we're going to talk about that big statement game on August 30th uh, later on this, this podcast. Exactly. And you talk about, you know, Chandler Burks, big year for him as a dual threat quarterback. He counted for 29 touchdowns last season, uh, 27 touchdowns, excuse me, 18 on the ground, ninth of the year. But what I like about him, too, only three interceptions. As an option quarterback who doesn't, you know, obviously you don't throw the ball that often, very easy to make mistakes, he doesn't do it, which is even more impressive. We talked about Bryson Armstrong. How does he follow up his sophomore year? Um, you know, in his sophomore year, how, did, how in the world do you improve on what he did as a freshman, though? Like, it's going to be very interesting to see what he does. Kennesaw is going to be a force and you talked about some big games you're going to talk about I want to talk about one game before we get to the big games last game of the year against Jacksonville State uh, the <laughs> OVC that could be a real interesting game to watch really interesting because the way Jacksonville State plays defense especially best team out of the OVC last year how is that game going to play out but Kennesaw I think they're looking at at least a nine if not a ten win season it's like a playoff game appetizer before the playoff game. Bingo. Interesting. Get free football. Let's talk about the other big power in this division, though, and that was the Monmouth Hawks. An incredible season again. Another one of these teams where people were looking, how are they this good? They're Monmouth. Exactly. Again, you talked about the talent-rich state that is New Jersey high school football never gets the credit. It's all Pennsylvania. It's all Texas, California. Show up and watch some of these high school games in New Jersey and tell me there isn't enough talent that Rutgers can actually have success because Monmouth has found it. Um, pretty much they won if, – if they didn't win this league, they won the Patriot League last year. <laughs> right. They beat Lafayette and Lehigh. They got Lafayette again. They got teams like Princeton on their schedule this year. They got Wagner on their schedule, Bucknell, as well as their conference schedule. Monmouth is looking at at least another nine-win season. Princeton is also in New Jersey, and they are also always competitive in the Ivy League, right? True. Very so true. That, that goes to your – but they recruit nationally. But it's always interesting to see teams in, you know, in great high school states always do well. Uh, but you're right. This team, I think, despite losing Mike Basile, 
Big um, loss on the defensive big side. Big loss on the defensive side. Despite losing Alex Thompson, big loss at center. Yep. This team is still very good. You know, Mammoth has a lot of talent coming back. You talked about the freshman running back. You talked about uh, Bahar, the quarterback. You know, he's a junior. You know, Reggie White is entering his senior season, has played a lot of football there. So, And they're always good along the offensive line. They have a really good tight end, too. So, Mammoth is um, probably the more well-balanced team coming back in the conference. So, it wouldn't surprise me to see some people pick them at the top. I could easily see them at the top. I think they are another playoff contender this year, like they were last year again with a six conference te- sixteen conference. It's sometimes hard to get that second team into the postseason. The Big South did it last year with these two teams, them and Kennesaw. I think they absolutely have enough talent to really be a factor. They have do have a lot of losses on the defensive side of the ball. That's what worries me. The question is, can they keep the defense keep them in games? Offensively, I think they can produce if Kenji Bahar takes better care of the football this team is going to be a powerhouse and i think they will give kennesaw every run for the money let's move to north alabama the other independent team they're moving in next season from division two we talked about them a lot you put up the hype train north alabama could be very interesting to watch as an independent this year and they better get the attention of these fcs opponents yeah and they're going to get a real test like we talked about earlier right away against southern utah um you know so I think North Alabama, because of their tradition, because of what's already on the roster, keep an eye on Austin Hicks, the wide receiver. He's an NFL prospect. Uh, Again, this team just seems to produce really good talent. And the unique part about North Alabama, um, which is something you don't see at the Division II level, their offensive line is built like an FCS program. They run their program like an FCS program. That'll help right away. They were trying to make this move a while ago. They could have even made the move to go to, you know, Group of Five FBS. If they wanted to join a Sunbelt Conference, that would have been a good move for them too. Oh, So <laughs> this team is talented, man. Whoa. Okay. And so I, I'm excited to see them kick, o- kick off this season. Um, and we get to see them tested really early out there in Cedar City, Utah. For me, a little too, too early to tell how good they're going to be in this conference. They still have to adjust to that. They do have Campbell on their schedule. That will be a decent indicator. If they can get one, one win out of the first three games – then they're going to be really taken seriously because you know they're going to beat the rest of their opponents probably in the D2 level. Uh, Incarnate Word will be an interesting game. They should beat Jackson State, I think. I think they can beat Alabama A&M. Um, Southern Utah, you said that's a possibility for them to win in that first week. Again, too early for me to tell. Shout out to Azusa me. Pacific coming out coming from California to uh, Alabama. Azusa yeah. Pacific, great Heck name. of a road trip Great for name. And let's go to the final team here. Let's talk about the, the Blue Hose. Of Presbyterian, again, uh, this has been the fly in the ointment team pretty much every year. They are starting to transition out of scholarship football. They will be moving to the Pioneer League um, in the 2020 season. How is it? Obviously, they've lost a lot of players because of that move. How is that going to affect Presbyterian? It's huge because I came in here ready to talk, you know, if prior to the to the season, you're ready to talk about the guys that are coming back. You know, Rakia, Sin, cornerback, going to Temple, you know. Mm-hmm. Torrance Marable going to Coastal Carolina, the tailback. You know, yeah. he was ran for a thousand yards last year. Um, and remember the year before, so last year they lost uh, Darrell Bridges, the running back, too. Yeah. So, you know, transferred to another program. So it's like, man, and, and this is, it's a, it's a little known program, but it's a, a one that's steeped in history and tradition. Yeah. They got a good, you know, football history. They played in the Tangerine Bowl in what, 1959 against Middle Tennessee. 
So they played in bowl games, um, had NFL players. Uh, Justin Bethel is playing with the Falcons. Special teams ace for a long time with the Cardinals. So this team has had some some history. Um, but we know college football costs. Yeah. It, it, and so yeah. it costs to run a football program and scholarship football program. And so for them, I understand the move, but you wonder how can they offset all of the losses that yeah. they've had uh, to key players. And so we'll we'll see what they what they have down down the pipe uh, pipeline. Um, it's going to be an inverse situation uh, here as opposed to what we saw Campbell do. Right. Um, so we'll see, man. But they they this is a team you will not blow out. No, you never blow out uh, Presbyterian. Um, so there'll be game, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, a tough out of conference schedule too. They got Wofford on their out of conference schedule. Austin P, um, obviously talk, taking on uh, Hampton. So that'll be you know as an independent team, Stetson, which should improve this year in the Pioneer. Um, going to be a rough year for Presbyterian, I think. I, I think them and Gardner and uh, Gardner Webb are going to be fighting to stay off the bottom uh, of the Big South conference standings at the they end of the year. They only leave the state of South Carolina three times. That's a help. That's a help. That's a know. help. So we'll see what happens. Let's talk about some games to watch, Emery. Like we said, there's plenty of them for a small conference. But let's start on the opening weekend. we got two games we're looking out for, and it's the two big sides taking on FBS opponents in winnable games. Intrigue. Monmouth at Eastern Michigan. Interesting. Interesting intrigue. Yes. yes. Interesting. Eastern Michigan will be breaking in a new quarterback. So mm. that transition will be sketchy. On one of the coolest fields, though, that I think in yes. SCS, the the tarmac colored field exactly. at Eastern Michigan. Yep. So. And so it and that game is probably going to make our upset special uh, in week one. And the second it's one we so talked about is Kennesaw at Georgia State. Again, not only is it an in-state game, but it's big for recruiting. Huge for recruiting. You beat Huge. that team, and we saw a team in the FCS go into Georgia State last year in the opening week and knock off Georgia State yep. and Tennessee State. They dominated that game. Yep. Can Kennesaw State go in there and do the same thing? My eyes are on Charleston Southern schedule at the beginning of the year, and you want to talk about a big rec- recruitment game taking on the Citadel in week two. Yes. Now, obviously, it's an interesting different situation there because the Citadel is a military college, um, so obviously people are going to go there regardless. But for in-staters, interesting kind of a format there. And then they go home to play Elon in the third week of the year on September 22nd, their third game. That's going to be a that's going to be a game to watch for me because that's going to be a test of where they are coming back. If they can beat Elon or take them to the brink, they will be competitive in the rest of the Big South schedule against Hampton, uh, against uh, Monmouth, I should say, and Kennesaw State as well as the rest of the conference. So that game against Elon, keep an eye on that one on September 22nd for Charleston Southern. I look at the big elephant here on this list that I'm looking at right here that we're supposed to talk about, but Hampton at SUNY Maritime. <laughs> just and for sheer... Turn left. Right, just for sheer entertainment value, I want to see what that looks like. If SUNY Maritime wins this game... Well, here's why they have a chance. They have a chance? It's option football. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. But, I mean, Come you know that, that game is going to be packed. Yeah, I mean, come on now. How big is their stadium? SUNY Maritime? I mean, if they're over 1,000, they're lucky. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be perfectly honest here. Um, it, it's going to be... If Hampton doesn't win that game, though, 
Miak is going to be just laughing. They're going to be pouring out shots. They're going to be having a party if Hampton loses that game. Yo, that game, you know, if if I don't have a game, if if I don't have a game that I'm uh, calling <laughs> that week, I may go to that game. I mean, there's no no reason not to. I mean, there's, it, it should be. It's right off the throg's neck. Just to see Hampton up this way playing a D3 school is just going to be bizarre. <laughs> but let me let me talk to you, though, about one game that intrigues me. Okay. Campbell at North Alabama. Ooh, that's a good one. That's going to be, a, again, you talk about indicator games early in the season. That first month, you want to see indicators of, okay, okay, this team is there. This team's a little bit down. This is going to be a big indicator for both these teams. Campbell, the first, you know, the new full-time boys on the block, North Alabama a year away. This is going to be one where you're going to be like, okay, which team is for real? Which one of these new teams is going to come in and make an immediate impact and which one's got a little bit of work to do? That one's going to be interesting, especially with North Alabama being home. Tough game for Campbell on the road. Tough yeah, game for Campbell. Tough game. And, and again, you're right, two big dogs on the block. How good and deep is that talented team that I'm propping up in North Alabama and we get to see a lot of talent coming from Campbell as far as like what they were able to do recruiting last year, redshirting those guys, getting them acclimated to the system. That's going to be a very good game. That's probably going to be one of the games that will make our games of the week. But the game of the year in the Big South, I mean, it's the elephant in the room and that is the two top teams from last year. The rematch coming back north to the Jersey Shore. Kennesaw State at Monmouth, November 10th. It's not the last game of the year, but it's right up there. This is going to be an absolute dogfight. Monmouth looking for revenge. Yeah, and this is one of those games that, unfortunately, it could be a elimination game as far as playoffs. Yeah. Because of, again, we, we don't know. Obviously, the season has to play out, and, you know, teams could be trash. But, you know, you this was a two-bid team, a two-bid yeah. league last year. And if they can do it again, they could probably – this game will be important. You know, because if they can't do it again, you're going to talk about, you know, one of these teams being on the outside looking in. All right, we're at the end of the podcast, folks. But before we go, it's time for our hot takes. Sizzling or, hot. Or should I say fire takes for Emery. Depends on – because you bring the heat, dude. Like, your hot takes are uh, – like, you are legitimate <laughs> – uh, you are a hot take artist. And I, I'm, again, I'm cool. I'm turning down the heat a little bit this year. I, I'm trying to. No, keep it going, man. Go ahead and pick North Alabama beating North Dakota State. No. <laughs> absolutely not. My hot take for this year, though, Campbell makes an immediate impact. They finish third. They beat Charleston Southern on the final week of the season, and they finish jump right over the top of them. They finish third in the conference with ease. Dude, you know how Taco Bell has hot, spicy, hot <laughs> mild sauce, like the, the different pack colors? What? You're saying that's a mild take? That's like the worst mild take ever. Like, that's not I'm a hot take. Charleston Southern is an established team. They've won the previous two Big South titles. They want to come back, and they're just going to see this new car just go whipping by them on the highway. Campbell, or should I say a, cam- a camel, flying by them on the highway. I'm saying Campbell goes better than 6-5. and five. I think they get eight wins this season. Okay, that's, that's increasing. I think they get eight wins this season, and I think their losses are Coastal Carolina, Kennesaw State, and North Alabama. I think they beat Monmouth. Oh, wow. I think they beat Monmouth. I think Monmouth's given up too much on the defensive side of the ball. Because your, your, your first statement is was, that better? that's like putting water <laughs> in your hot sauce. Like, is that better? Yeah, so that's a lot better. All, All right, right so what, now, now it's starting to heat up a little what's bit. What's your hot take then? Let's go to Sizzling then. Let's, Let's go, go to Sizzling. Okay, I'm going to look at 
this 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 whole conference, right? Yeah. And I think the Big South will go will win now the Big South Conference. Mm-hmm. Will win mm-hmm. all their FBS games. Ooh. Ooh. Now you think Campbell beats Coastal? It's a good possibility. I think you're sleeping on Campbell's defense. Campbell's got a, it's a solid all around team, but Coastal is, is proven. And, and when they play Coastal, third week of the season. Okay, if it was week one, it'd be even better. Um, September fifteenth. So I, I I can see Monmouth beating Eastern Michigan. I can see Kennesaw beating Georgia State. Mm-hmm. I can see those two. I can see Campbell beating Coastal. Okay. You really see Charleston Southern. You do realize who they start with, right? Oregon. Florida. Who's the quarterback at Florida? Fair point. Did not beat Florida. <laughs> Fair point. They will, uh, uh, all right, because I'm not looking at the whole schedule like you are. The Big South Conference will win more than they lose against the FBS. You just saved yourself on that one, because right now I can hear Gators just <laughs> – <laughs> Just the game is going to be good, though. They, they're going to be. I think they're going to be no, good. No, it won't be. That game's over by halftime. Florida wins by sixty-five to ten. Oh wow! It's, it's over. Like that's just what happens. It I just, got another hot take. Okay. I think Hampton will lose one game. So you think Hampton will have a better record? Than all but one team in the Big South. And I'm not going to tell you which team they're going to lose to. Oh. <laughs> so that's my. Is that going to be on your. Uh, is that going to be on your. Um, your videos talking about the, the conference preview. Well listen that's. Um, <laughs> that's a medium well take. It, it's got to be either Mammoth or you and I. That's the game they're going to lose. It's a medium well take. <laughs> all right, it's you know medium plus. Tell us if you think it's Mammoth or you and I folks. There's, I, there's no way it's anything else. <laughs> Because if listen. they lose to SUNY Maritime or Virginia Lynchburg, <laughs> if you think that's going to be their loss, no, 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 it's going to be St. Andrews, isn't it? St. Andrews <laughs> is going to beat them. The NAIA program is going to win that game. Yeah, they're going to be resting starters that week, right, for the, in preparation for the playoffs. <laughs> i tell you this, though. Um, if, if they get 10 wins, do they make the playoffs? Yes. As an independent, though? Yeah, you're right, because, uh, again, the fact that people will not be able to get past Division three, the Bible College, and the NEIE program. Although, imagine if they do make it because the MEAC doesn't get in anymore. Ooh. Oh, salty. <laughs> Just Salt Bay over in the corner. And if they play, when is the celebration, boy? Is, is it the week of? Is it the same week of the first week of playoffs? So. Oh, and what if they have to play a, uh, a game in Atlanta? Or, you know, oh. in Georgia? Who's the FCS team in Georgia? Yeah. Kennesaw State. They won't be playing them in the playoffs. No. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking, imagine if the MEAC sees one of their former teams make the playoffs and then they lose to the SWAC team in the Celebration Bowl. Yikes. Bang. Just Karma is undefeated. <laughs> Karma is much more than undefeated. Yeah. She's, well, we'll leave it at that, right. folks. This you has got, been. You have enough, you, you only have one hot take? That weak I'm, hot take you had? You said it got stronger as it went on. It got stronger because we had to add more. We had to add more seasoning to it. What do you want? What do you want me to say? I, all right, here, here we go. Garner, no, no, don't, 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 don't. don't. Oh, okay, you, I'll, I'll, all right, go ahead. Gardner Webb doesn't win a game. Oh wow! They lose week one and they lose the rest of the way. 
They were one in ten last year. I'm still saying they can't beat a lower division opponent. Period. I think they get absolutely whipped. Man, you and these these lukewarm takes. We got to get you get a hot take in here, man. The CAA is next weekend. Oh, I think I've got yes, a, I think I've got a few yes, I can't wait. hot takes <laughs> on the CAA. If you listen to I our wait. listen to our playoff preview show from last year, folks, <laughs> and you'll see you'll hear some very interesting takes on the CAA. But that'll do it for the Big South Conference, folks. This is the pregame show. It is Big South week, so we got the recruiting watch. We got the NFL prospect watch still coming up this whole week. We got the All Conference team and a full, full. Team by team preview. Yes, you will get it. If you listened more than one day, you would know that. But that is what we're going for the Big South next week. It's one of the big ones. Stop CAA. shooting threes if you can't make them. <laughs> Stop. Well, I, I shot a few threes last year. Didn't we both did? I think a little bit when, with a certain team from uh, Live Free or Die territory in New England uh, oh, wow. for the CAA. We both took a few too many threes, but it's not like they weren't warranted. True. Just saying. And it wasn't Maine. No, it was definitely not Maine. Um, CAA next week, big, big week. We got the Ivy League coming up in two weeks, which was super competitive. So keep an eye out for that. But as for now, this is David Hassagan for Emory Hunt. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you next week.